Because now you'll be able to both listen to the podcast episode you choose on all the platforms where it's already available, or you'll be able to watch it on our YouTube channel or on Facebook. So I am so very excited. And this particular episode today is going to have some layers to it. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time discussing uh, the energy that we're under the influence of right now, mainly us going through Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. And then I want to talk about Mercury through the signs. So in your natal chart or your progress chart, how Mercury operates under the influence of the sign that it's in. And then after that, I have an extra special guest that I am ecstatic to have on, a phenomenal person woman, mother, astrologer, just a great human being, Marie Rousseau. We're going to be listening to her talk a little bit about something that I think is very, very important. Given that this particular Mercury retrograde, its actual motion that appears, you know, to be moving backwards from our vantage point on Earth is going to end that retrograde period of the cycle on November 3rd election day so with that in mind there's a lot of chatter and different things in the air and she has some ideas that i fully fully support and think that everybody needs to hear to keep some things in mind especially when it comes to us dealing with politics us dealing with people's opinions on politics and how we're communicating with each other because what's winding up happening is that a lot of people are essentially getting a little emotionally riled up. I mean, that's the easiest way that I can put it. Riled up to the point where they're not using logic. They're failing to be objective. They are listening without the intent of understanding what the other party is saying, but more so, listening just to respond it gets interesting y'all so stay tuned Everybody is probably aware Mercury is now retrograde in Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is some interesting energy. Um, I'm just pulling up the chart. I'll show it on the screen too um, in my phone of when Mercury went retrograde on October 13th. Um, so at that time, Mercury was sextile the moon, sextile Venus, and da, 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 opposing Uranus. This retrograde cycle, just looking at those aspects that are being made 
there is a lot that can come up for people. A lot that can come up for people, especially with that opposition to Uranus. Uranus is in Taurus, and with Uranus in Taurus, I've always referred to this energy in the way that I heard a great astrologer, Gemini Brown, first say it. He said we'd be pushed out of our comfort zones during the transit of Uranus in Taurus. And that seems very fitting because, you know, Uranus rules Aquarius. It's electric. You know, it gets things moving and changing. It's rebellion. It's revolution. And then you've got Taurus, fixed earth sign, which technically squares the sign of Aquarius. And Taurus kind of is better at, you know, holding its ground. If you think of a bull in a field, the bull is going to want to stay where it is. It doesn't want to move unless it wants to. I think of Uranus as a cattle prod shooting electricity to the bull, forcing movement. So sudden changes as per our value systems, things having to do with food, which Taurus is in charge of, but particularly when we look at our value systems, it becomes very interesting because this energy is opposing the way that we process our thoughts, the way that we communicate, the way, you know, that we respond to the information that we get. So I kind of feel like for a lot of people, this may be energy that's very uncomfortable besides the fact that Mercury really does not enjoy being in Scorpio or any water signs for that matter. We've been having Mercury retrograde cycles in 2020 in all of the water signs. It started in Pisces. Then we had Mercury retrograde in Cancer. And now we're having it in the fixed deep waters of Scorpio. Being pushed out of your comfort zone emotionally and asked per how you communicate is going to manifest in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Some people are more willing and able to go into the darkness and the depths that Scorpio calls for. Some people are uncomfortable with examining self, looking at the deeper inner workings of the psychology of other people as well as themselves. But for anybody that this is uncomfortable for, not only is the energy being pushed inward, but we're called on to kind of purge it. This Mercury cycle is Pluto ruled. Pluto rules the sign of Scorpio. And when I think of Pluto, I automatically think of Hades. I think of having to go down into the depths, the darkness, and emerge differently. So, what about our thought processes that are in tune with our deeper feelings? is gonna come up for us. You wanna check and make sure you're looking at where Mercury is going to be retrograding in your chart. It's gonna retrograde back into Libra too. Now, when Mercury was in Libra, I spoke a lot about how relationships will come to the fore, our ideas about them, our communicating about them, and social media was rife, rife with discussion. People were examining connections. 
not only just romantic connections, but friendship connections as well. So with all of that in mind, this is heavy energy. The urge to purge will more than likely be prevalent. I'm hoping that under the influence of this energy that some of us can remember that while you may have an easier time than others, you should keep in mind what they're going through too. Look at this cycle and understand that everybody can't face that darkness. It just is what it is. So the things that come up, um, you know, we often talk about a lot of times when Mercury is retrograde, a lot of exes and things come back. This is some deep thought about one's emotions. So it's almost as if in any other cycle or any other placement I could say that Mercury was in in retrograding, it's not that we weren't connected to our emotions this year. It just manifested a lot differently. In Scorpio, there's an intensity. Scorpio also is the energy of extremes. So, intensity, extremes, our thought processes, retrograde cycle. When you put the pieces together, it is really ground for something to pop up that can seem a little bit overwhelming and then with that opposition to Uranus feel sudden almost like it came out of nowhere we can't be afraid of this energy excuse me afraid of this energy what language am I speaking we cannot be afraid of it embracing it is half the battle a lot of people are very 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 concerned with maintaining love and light and I don't think that there's anything wrong with love and light. But you couldn't even recognize light without darkness. Which means that they work hand in hand. So figuring out your darkness, facing your darkness, is actually important to embracing your light. Whatever may come up for people may feel overwhelming. Whatever may come up for people may almost feel unbearable. You have to be brave. There's truth hidden beneath that darkness. I myself prefer truth over fluff. That's not what everybody's thing is. I get it. But this is a time when the universe is calling on people to face that truth over fluff. And hopefully, you'll embrace that because you'll be all the better for it, I promise you. Now, I'm going to light one up, a special CBD THC blend. We're going to get to talking about Mercury and the signs, but not just the general energy of Mercury and the signs, more so the deeper and darker parts of each sign in Mercury. How does your Mercury have its negative impact on how you interact with people? That's what we're going to focus on. So let's go. So what is your Mercury sign? What do you know about it? How do you embrace your Mercury? 
when Mercury is retrograde, it's asking us to basically take the energy inward. Our thought processes can feel a little bit more pronounced unto ourselves. Now, there's people who were born with Mercury retrograde, like I was born with Mercury retrograde in Pisces. Matter of fact, this particular retrograde in Scorpio started at 11 degrees, so it was trining my needle Mercury retrograde in Pisces. I've had some interesting developments. I can say for my own Mercury placement, it being in a water sign, mutable water at that, changeable water, Pisces. It's interesting for me. I tend to like feel my way into understanding. Things have to feel right. And then I notice sometimes I can know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm very precise about my, you know, my words in my head, but they come out like, it's just one of the side effects to my Mercury sign. But want to kind of look at what you can pay attention to that you might want to just grab a hold on with your Mercury sign because sometimes I feel like a lot of people are unaware of this energy passing through them when they're communicating with others. So we're going to start with the baby of the zodiac. I made some little notes here. Make sure I don't miss anything. But Mercury in Aries. Aries is cardinal fire. It comes running out the gate. It is impulsive. It is spirited. It is action oriented. It wants to go. So when we couple that energy with Mercury, what do we get? Well, impulsive communication at times, this sense of urgency to get things out and to speak. And then, as I called Mercury in Aries, the baby of the Zodiac, because Aries is the baby of the Zodiac, the Zodiac wheel tells a story. And it starts with Aries, the recognition of I am, I am my own being, you know, I am important. I should be, you know, focused on what's for me, that sort of thing. The negative side, I would say, with Mercury and Aries, because of this impulsivity to express oneself, sometimes in communicating with other people, Mercury and Aries natives do not realize that they're like rushing to talk about themselves. If you have any friends that have Mercury and Aries, you might want to see if this is applicable. You know, it almost feels like they're chomping at the bit, waiting for you to stop talking so that they can talk about them. So a tip for people with Mercury and Aries, it is admirable that you're so willing to express yourself, but keep into consideration that, you know, when people are talking to you, if they're expressing a problem, a concern, etc., you're taking the focus off of them if you're basically sitting there like you're waiting to jump in playing double judge to talk. That can be offensive. Okay? So your Mercury, if you have Mercury in Aries, is ruled by Mars. The warrior. The let's get straight to the point. 
the good thing about you guys is you'll stand up for yourself quick fast in a hurry but aries energy also has the tendency to take things personal that it shouldn't so you personalize a lot of communication that goes on around you and that can lead to issues with people because most people don't want to just hear about you so keep that in mind mercury and aries people now I wanted to go to Mercury and Taurus. Now, again, like I mentioned earlier, Taurus represented by the bull doesn't want to move until it's ready to move. So it's almost like Mercury and Taurus natives can kind of like kind of plod along. The thinking can be a little bit more fixed and stubborn too. Like the time it takes to make a decision can sometimes be maddening to the people that are in your lives or, you know, that you communicate with because it's like, okay, we don't have all day. <laughs> sometimes Mercury and Taurus people need some help from those around them to kind of get them going. However, at the same time, they don't necessarily like anybody pushing them. So this is like a very delicate balance that winds up happening with the people that are in their lives and that they know because, you know, how do you encourage a person to make a decision or to speak or to share their feelings when, you know, in doing so, you run the risk of offending them because they don't want to feel pushed, you know? Good part about Mercury and Taurus people. You know, when you make up your mind about something, you'll stick to it better than other people. You know, there's there's a lot of value placed in your thoughts. A lot of value placed in your thoughts. But as an earth sign, a lot of things that can be said can come off kind of snide, biting, sarcastic, dry. So you just wanna be careful that, you know, you're really paying attention to how this manifests in your communication if you have this placement and not allowing yourself to be dickish to people because of it because it comes off like that even if you don't see it that way it's just kind of how it is now my notes mercury and gemini oh by the way mercury and taurus is venus ruled all about our values what we appreciate when you appreciate something, don't you sit and kind of, I guess, um, luxuriate in it a little bit? That's the energy that it brings in that. Now I'll go to Mercury and Gemini. Now, Mercury rules Gemini. It's one of the signs associated with it. And Mercury is the messenger. It's quick. It wants to zoom to deliver information, to be present, to receive information. Mercury and Gemini people are extremely quick-witted, but not only that, they tend to be able to have the ability to like kind of take information that may seem like it's coming from things that cancel each other out or opposing sides. You know, this is the understanding of concepts and things. Um, with Castor and Pollux, the higher mind of man and the lower mind of man, the twins. A lot of people think Gemini energy can be two-faced because of this, because of this ability to see the value um, and want to um, be present for 
what's being communicated, no matter you know where it's kind of coming from. You have to be careful, you know, if your Mercury is in Gemini, it's in a great place, but a lot of times if people are communicating with you, especially like during this retrograde when things are highly emotionally strong, you're not really that focused on emotions, you know, and you may almost kind of exude a little bit of ADD energy that'll be all over the place. Focus on one thing is not that fun to you. You know, it's, I was here, I'm, I'm, I'm there now. But when you're communicating with other people, you want to make sure that they feel heard. And if you're bouncing from here to there, they're not going to feel heard. The great part about this is you're so open to information, which is amazing, of course, for any Gemini placements, especially right now because the North Node is in Gemini, encouraging all of us to reach more towards being open to ideas rather than seeking a singular truth, which is what the South Node in Sagittarius calls on us to do. So, you know, you guys are great communicating, gossiping, <laughs> kind of letting information be dispelled. You've got the tea, so to speak, but you got to be careful. Mercury and Cancer, people! Your Mercury is ruled by the moon. The moon is the fastest moving luminary or planet. In astrology, we consider the moon a planet. It takes about two and a half days to travel through a sign. So there's always this movement. And since the moon deals with our moods and emotions, you know, if you're under the influence of cancer energy heavily anyway, you know, this is where the moodiness that gets associated with cancer comes up. Your ruling planet is constantly entering new territory and then exiting it and then entering new territory again. Um, you may be a little bit more protective about sharing your thoughts, which the reason that I'm bringing that, that up as a negative is because, I mean, if you think of cancer, cancer energy represented by a crab, soft inner body, hard outer shell, shell, pinchers, ready when it needs to be ready to, you know, kind of pinch you, to protect itself. This is a very protective energy. So if you're experiencing your thought processes from an emotional point of view, if someone offends you, a lot of times Mercury and Cancer people might kind of think that they need that person to just kind of know that they offended them. This is just supposed to be known through osmosis. And rather than directly state the issue with people, this can lead to like passive aggressiveness. You know, these little comments that kind of denote they're a problem without saying exactly what the problem is. And yeah, okay, I know there are times in life with anybody, regardless of their Mercury placement, may feel like someone did something that they need to address and they don't feel like they have to bring it up. But this can be habitual for people with this placement, which can cause problems in your relationships because nobody wants to have to bounce from foot to foot to wonder about what you're feeling or whether they offended you. 
to have to constantly do that can be annoying. So you want to keep that in mind. This is intuitive energy, though. Um, so this that's a good part about, you know, Mercury being in Cancer. Cancer's intuitive as hell. You know, you have the ability when you communicate with people to inspire them through what you intuit. Focus more so on that than being defensive. Because defensiveness is just gonna... It's not really gonna serve you well in your relationships. You know? So, then we have Mercury and Leo. Very boisterous energy. Leo energy is ruled by the sun. Whenever I speak about Leo energy at all, I always choose to remind people, you know, the sun is Leo's ruling planet. So the planets revolve around the sun. So a lot of times people will go, well, you know, everything has to revolve around Leo. Well, they're kind of taking on the nature of their ruling planet. In communication and in thought, there's a lot of things to consider, but I think one of the most detrimental towards, um, you know, having good communication with other people, if you have this placement, your pride gets in the way too much and your ego. So that self-centeredness that is associated with Leo energy, I mean, think about it. If a person is always communicating in a boisterous manner, it almost comes off braggadocious. You know, if if you're communicating with other people who aren't necessarily as braggadocious or you, as you are or going through, um, maybe they're going through something tough. So they wouldn't be in a braggadocious mood anyway. But you're like berating them with the look at me energy. Um, that doesn't go over well with people. It doesn't go over well with them at all. So you want to make sure with this placement that, you know, while you're very tied into communicating from, you know, the standpoint of being the center of things, kind of think of it like, I mean, Leo, King, King, right? To be an effective King or Queen that is really beloved, not hated by its subjects, you have to have grace. Leo is associated with our inner child, children itself, unconditional love. When you speak from a place of unconditional love to the people in your life, what does that look like? Don't they feel heard? Don't they feel that anything that you're saying to them comes from a place of really loving them? Stick to that, because no, nobody wants to just hear you talk about your stuff. Again, nobody likes that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so then we're going to talk about Mercury and Virgo, another place where Mercury feels comfortable because it rules the sign of Virgo. Now, I will say this, whereas Gemini, air sign, so air's everywhere, right? Collecting information, open to all this info, you know, Gemini is trying to grasp it all, be a part of it all, you know? Virgo wants to take all the information and reduce it down to its lowest common denominator. It's very specific. It's saying, what do we need and what don't we need? Virgo energy is literally a virgin in the field separating the wheat from the shaft. 
Can we use this? Is it useful? This is why it seeks to perfect. Now, Mercury and Virgo people, while we need people who are able to kind of dissect down thoughts and concepts and synthesize information, um, you want to guard against because the bad part about this placement can be you're too nitpicky in your communication. What you're saying to people is essentially like, it, it almost feels like they're, you have, has anybody ever seen Nip Tuck? The show Nip Tuck, if that was on years ago. There was a scene where one of the plastic surgeons um, meets this girl in a bar. She didn't know he was a plastic surgeon at first, but when she figures it out, she's happy because she's an actress. She's like, what would you change on me? What, you know, what would you do? So he grabs a lipstick and he starts, you know, basically marking all the places where there could be improvement. Now, imagine that energy every time you're talking to someone with this placement. Yes, it comes from a place of wanting to be helpful and to serve, but you might want to check yourself engage the other person's reaction because sometimes people don't want to be dissected to death. This energy is beautiful for being able to assist people in different things that they're doing. You'll have not just the scoop on information like Gemini, but like the specifics. You have the pamphlet, you know, with all the main points. That's beautiful. Focus more on being helpful and less on breaking everything down, okay? Mercury and Libra. Libra is the scales. Libra thrives on harmony. With this in mind, there's also a quality of Libra when it's not calibrated correctly, where it's gonna fall to one side more than another. This is indecisiveness. Libra's Venusian hold, and also an air sign. So wants to out among all the beautiful things. Like, let me see this. Aesthetics are really, 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 really a Libran thing. You know? Um, the bad part about this placement, there's a bit of a superficial vibe with the indecision of Libra energy. So in the seat of Mercury, you know, what you may opt to communicate about a lot or the way that your thought processes are working may seem to other people like you're not deep. You know, besides not being able to make up your mind, you know, you, you wanna talk like about keeping up with the Kardashians or something. That's just an example. That's not to say everybody does that, but just, you know, because you're, it's a social sign. It's the social sign par excellence. So, you know, all over the place. You don't want people to feel like you're flighty and not really taking them seriously when you're communicating with them. Keep that in mind when you have this placement. But you guys are awesome to ask your opinion about something aesthetically. Oh my goodness. Just be careful not to offer that information unless you get a cue that it's welcome. And that's how I look at that. Now, we're gonna talk about Mercury in Scorpio, now where it is. So anybody with their Mercury in Scorpio, since Mercury entered the sign of Scorpio, 
you basically um, have been receiving your Mercury return. Mercury's returning back to the sign that it was in when you were born. Mercury and Scorpio is not necessarily easy. You've got the energy of fixed emotion with the energy that rules two mutable signs, which were more logic-based and more thought-based. Sometimes what we feel does not make sense. It just, it doesn't make sense. I feel like a lot of people with Mercury and Scorpio can struggle very deeply with trying to make sense of their feelings. Scorpio energy is also protective, like I was saying, Cancer energy is. The Scorpio is ready to sting, poised to sting. There's a suspicion associated with this energy. So it's almost like the bad part about this placement is operating and thinking on a suspicious level. You know, if you are working under the auspice that you can't trust people, everybody's kind of out to get you, no one really deserves to know what you're feeling deep down inside, but you need to know what they're all about, you know, that can make you kind of seem kind of shysty, kind of um, sneaky to people, because, you know, communication is a two-way street. In order for people to feel like you know, a conversation was a successful one. They don't want to feel like they let out more information than they got. It's like an even exchange. The great part about this energy is it's search for depth. I feel like Mercury and Scorpio people have the mind to handle the depths that other people don't. And this is the same energy that we're all under the influence of now. They just have the mind for it. It is, it is what they do. They can look at concepts that other people can't look at and see it at its core. Or at least try to dissect it to what its core is. Now, Mercury and Sagittarius. Sagittarius, if you think of the glyph for it, giant centaur, big bow and arrow, poised to basically focus in on shooting that arrow into a far away or grand world. You know, these are the big thinkers. These are the people who are always thinking about going and expanding. You know, there's there's a sense of, you know, I, I, I need freedom for my thoughts to roam. Now what's annoying about that, on the negative side, which you gotta be careful of if you have this placement, is there's a kind of running roughshod over people energy sometimes associated with Sagittarius and its expression and people can feel like you are really not even paying attention to what's going on it's just oh you know there's this spirited expansive energy because it's Jupiter ruled big Jupiter I've heard him referred to. Who refers to him as Uncle Juke? I think the Leo King. But yeah, this is grand. Zeus, king of the gods energy. You have to be careful with this placement that you're not making people feel small with the way that you communicate. That you're not making them feel 
you know, like, at any minute you could leave. <laughs> like, you're already not here. Sagittarius energy is also very connected to traveling abroad far, you know? And there's this mutable quality to it that means from, you know, things could be one way one minute and another way the next. The good part about this energy is very inspirational. If you have Mercury and Sagittarius and you are really focused on seeing the big picture for what someone's talking about, when you communicate with them, oh my God, you're going to give them such a gift. Your vision in the grand way that you see it can basically be sprinkled upon them. Inspiring. Definitely. So focus on that, especially during this cycle. Now we have Mercury and Capricorn. I don't know why I laugh every time I say Capricorn. It's because it's my moon position, I think. And I'm very familiar with this energy, yet at the same time, I feel like it gets kind of... It does get a bad rap because Capricorn comes off kind of cold and down its nose at people. It is ruled by Saturn. Saturn's the do the doty, daddy of the zodiac. The disciplinarian. Saturn rules time and karma. Saturn wants you to keep your ass in line. So, you know, if you're influenced by this energy in the way that you communicate, your thought process and such, Especially when we're dealing with other people. Because there's this like boss energy to Capricorn, it can almost come off like you're telling people what to do. Constantly, like you're managing shit. You know, Capricorn is the goat. It, it, it loves sitting up high and looking down. It's an initiator too, so it doesn't wait for you to say, hey, we need somebody to lead. Mm-mm. It takes charge and does that itself. So if you have this position, the annoying part of that is you can almost feel like you're parenting sometimes when you're speaking to people. Nobody wants to continuously feel parented. Like the dad called them, you know, and just basically laid them out. <laughs> so you want to be careful of that energy if you have this position. You are a great business mind. This is a great position. If you have friends that, you know, have a business idea or want to start something and they're not really all that business savvy, you could probably give them a lot of good insight that would be beneficial to them. Just don't do that if nobody asks you to, really. Or if you can't even get the feeling that that's okay, because that's annoying. Mercury and Aquarius. So. An air sign, but Aquarius is fixed air. Now, fixed air sounds weird because air moves, air's everywhere, but the fluidity of Aquarius energy due to it being Uranus ruled almost makes it so that Aquarius is committed to being free like air, being everywhere. You know, not necessarily being where everybody else is, but peeping the scene. Uranus is sudden, it's electric. And Aquarius takes on, you know, that quality. With this in mind, you are the great interrupters, I would say. 
So what's annoying about having Mercury in Aquarius, first of all, woo, you think you know everything. Woo, it's hard to change your mind. Aquarius energy is very detached from the collective, though it understands and observes objectively the collective. But that can come off even more annoying, I would say, than Mercury and Capricorn's annoyance. Because can't nobody tell you anything. So it almost feels like when people are communicating with you, yeah, you might be a great source of information, but the negative part of it is if someone's introducing something into it, you, you, you're not as willing to receive it. And, and people don't like talking to people. They feel like, they're like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Why are you even saying that? I know what this is about. Nobody likes that. You want to make sure that you are not leaning towards that in your conversations with people. Instead, use the inspiring quality that you have to help them see things the way that you see them. You know? But it's based on where conversation starts with them. Don't make people hate talking to you, Mercury and Aquarius people, okay? And, you know, this Mercury cycle is squaring your energy. So this may irritate your communications and thought processes. So something to keep in mind. It's also going to irritate Leo and Taurus. There's an opposition there, though, with Taurus energy. Just do your best to think of other people a little bit more and less about your freedom to just speak and think what you want. Okay? Mercury and Pisces, people! My natal position, which I started talking about to begin with. Hello, little fishes. Do you disassociate easily? Just out of nowhere? Just kind of leave wherever you physically are. Your mind wanders. I call that going fish-tarted, which is a term I first heard the peace dealer say. And yeah, it's fitting. <laughs> Mercury and Pisces people, first of all, again, Mercury in a water sign. So we're looking at Mercury operating in the realm of emotion. Changeable emotion at that, since Pisces is a mutable sign and Pisces occurs at the end of winter and right before spring so if you think of how the weather is in the northern hemisphere as far as Pisces season it can either be more winter-like or it can be more spring-like this is the changeable aspect right now, besides being steeped in emotion, Pisces energy is also very imaginative and kind of like head in the clouds, especially since it's Neptune ruled. Neptune also kind of casts the fog over whatever it touches. So if you have this Mercury position, what's annoying to people, if you're not careful about communicating with you, is you're in dreamland a little bit. You're letting yourself like float away from the conversation. What you may be saying is not clear. That's annoying to people because it can almost seem like, wait, is she high? What's going on? You know? 
Now, I meant to say this initially, but I'll say it now as we're talking about Mercury and Pisces. The answer to dealing with the difficult parts of any energy, no matter what planet we're talking about that energy being in, is to look to the other sign. Look to the opposite sign because opposites are the same energy just at different ends of the poles or the spectrum. So for the Pisces energy, you're all over the place. You got to look to the opposite, Virgo. Virgo's about the details. Pisces wants big picture. Its ancient ruler is Jupiter. The answer lies there. So for any opposite to kind of um, balance things out, make things more even keeled, you want to slide down the scale towards your sister sign or your opposite sign. I'll make sure that we do an episode where we talk about that a little bit more deeply because um, we're pressed for time and I want to make sure that I get to the next segment with the wonderful Marie Russo and I want to preface it saying this. Mercury in Scorpio retrograde is going on while we're dealing with a new election cycle, presidential election cycle in the U.S. Now, I am not one of those people who anymore, because I used to be, I guess I could say, I am not politically polarized at all. At all. I don't align with any particular side. When I started depolarizing, it was because I started realizing the extremes, and this is a perfect discussion right now for you know Mercury being in Scorpio, since so Scorpio rules extremes. But I started depolarizing the more that I realized that when people communicate, there are a lot of a different assumptions, a different assumptions made. Because, okay, for instance, if someone is asking a question about or critiquing what you view as your side, okay? You don't necessarily know why they're asking this question or offering this critique, but what's assumed in polarized people is, oh, if this person isn't in exact alignment or agreement with me, they're against me. They're on the other side. And polarization sucks, period, because it doesn't matter what we're talking, we could be talking about sports, you know, polarized sports fans, anything. But in politics, it's annoying. I do never want to tell people how to think. I believe everyone is well equipped to make their own decisions. But I will say this, no one learns anything in an echo chamber. If you are so committed to your poll or side that you can't consider what someone else has to say, that's a dangerous place to be. No one learns anything from people who only agree with them. You have to be willing to hear the other side, even if it makes you uncomfortable. It's a universal law of balance, polarity. You are not just able to focus on one side without the other. They're technically the same thing. They're just sitting opposed. Like for instance, if we were talking about weather, 
and or temperature and we were talking about hot versus cold I dare you to try to find me on the scale of hot versus cold the exact moment where cold is no longer warm or part of warm or warm or hot is no longer a part of warm where they exactly separate they're all still temperature it's the same thing with everything everything has an opposite and opposites can be reconciled so it isn't impossible for polarized people not to be polarized it's just a process it's working down the scale more towards balance closer and closer to the opposing side so um there was a post that marie had put up the other day where she just i'll i'll put a um, screenshot of it in before her segment begins and she just asked a question and i knew as soon as i saw it just because i know how polarized people are it was gonna be some shit she knew it too because she even mentioned that this might start something but it's because people didn't even really pay attention to what she was asking they responded emotionally now this is another thing that i want everybody to look for while mercury is retrograde in scorpio some people feel very intensely about things and if they even think that you're creeping towards talking about said thing they're gonna have knee-jerk reactions there's that uranus opposition to mercury and scorpio when it started just out of nowhere like why are you taking this so personally why are your emotions so much a part of someone asking you a question where you should probably use logic logic excuse me and objectivity So this post that she put up spawned all of this. So this is one of the reasons why um, I had to ask her if I could use that segment. Because after she went ahead and, you know, posted the post that, you know, basically caused everybody to lose their minds, um, she went live about it. So I took some portions of her live and... Um, she gave me permission to use them. I can't wait to actually have her on here so we can talk one-on-one -on -one because she's she's just really such a wealth of knowledge and just so gifted. So I want you all to enjoy what she has to say. Be objective. If it don't apply, let it fly. Like I say about everything else. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is very important, especially since... You know, this energy, the retrograde itself, it's going on till election day. Politics, whether we want to be involved with them or not, whether we like them or not, they're very much at the forefront of things right now. And this presidential election, I can't wait till we can talk some more about the candidates' charts. Um, but this presidential election has got everybody that is polarized just opposing one another just not even the, the minute they think someone's on the other side it's just insults and mudslinging and getting emotionally riled up and acting like children and remember mars is still retrograde in aries so a lot of people are having things churn up within them anyway their tempers are short they can't wait to release 
that pent up energy. So check her out because this is very poignant and I think everybody needs to hear it. But thank you guys for listening to me talk about Mercury through the signs. This is Illy Fish and I'm out. on my post. First thing is, just as we know, for me, I filter everything astrologically. I'm kind of strategic. I'll go ahead and give that up. I'm strategic when it comes to certain things that I post or talk about because I'm paying attention to the transits. So um, one of the things that I do know that we're dealing with is the fact that Venus is opposing Neptune and Venus's laws and governments and it's in Virgo, which is requiring us to do a little bit more analyzing and digging in deep into governments and laws and dispelling myths and uh, lack of full disclosure and all that shit, right? So the reason why I asked, why do we believe, what proof do we have that Biden is better than Trump? I know in somebody's mind, they heard it like, so what proof do you have that Biden, that's how they heard it. You see what I'm saying? Everybody filters it in through their minds. What I was asking is you personally, you're making a decision and you're making a choice. What is it, what proof do you have personally that makes you decide that he is a better president president than Trump, that he will be a better president? What I was hoping for was that someone would say, and this was just my ideals, right? How that got dispelled, that opposition. My ideals were I was hoping that someone would say, I'm voting for Biden because these are the things that align with my values. These are the things that I understand he did this and this. I can look past that for this and this. They are in, they are standing there square. They know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and they're making a conscious decision, a conscientious decision, right? That is what I was seeking to get. What did I get instead? Huh? People punching the air while they're typing at the same time, <laughs> calling me a troll and, and a Russian bot and um, that, uh, what do you call that? I'm angry or that I'm upset or, that, uh, you know, we're voting for him because we hate Trump. That's cool. I understand that. I get that. You don't like him, so you want to vote against him. Does that mean that I'm comfortable knowing that people are making a choice, that they have brought it down to people making a choice over who you like better? It's not about policy. It's not about history. It's not about the people who govern our lives. I'm going to give you a little tip here. When you go to vote, for those that have never voted for before or those that forgot, it get four years, be a long time, right? On the ballot, and it all gets submitted at the same time, you have your president and your vice president that you need to vote for, right? We're all aware of that. We know when you're going to the ballot, you got president, vice president that you're voting for. There's like a page or two of other fucking people to vote for. Deadass, congressmen, senators, fucking judges, your sheriff. Um, mayors, all that shit is on that sheet of paper. I remember my first time voting. I was dead ass confused because they didn't warn me about this, nor did they tell me when I went to go vote for Obama. And I looked down at that sheet of paper and I said, who the fuck are all these other people? I didn't know. And I couldn't say, well, I'm not going to vote 
because you have to fill in the little bubbles, right? It was bubbles then, I think. I don't remember, recall actually doing the thing. But there were little bubbles of other people I had to choose, and I had to choose one. And so me and my ignorance and my young self just started, fuck it, Democrat, uh, Democrat, this one doesn't even say, it's just an independent, fuck it, him too. Uh, that was it. That's what I was doing because I was I, I had no idea that when I would go to vote for the president, I have to vote for 15 other people too. I was uneducated. So when I'm making posts about what proof do you have, you know, what Trump's a big thing. That's the easiest thing. It's a ticket. I know I can rile an emotion by just, I, I barely finished saying his name. I'll say Trump and I, <laughs> and everyone will jump down my throat. Who are you voting for? None of your business. First of all, I think the fact that we're even in a state of voting for people and we are uneducated about our government, how it operates. I have people in here screaming, the national deficit, have no idea how it personally affects them. You know, I have people screaming, oh, he was against the apartheid, how that affected the Americans, but was going for busing. Just little things, details like that. See Venus in, in, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Virgo, can't speak. Venus and Virgo, the little details, the details that make you an informed individual, the details that make you knowing that you can make a decision, one without getting riled up by anybody and losing your shit, because people are losing their shit. You can't even ask valid questions. These are valid questions, what I was asking. How does it affect you personally? Did you do your research? What else are you reading? I'm not sitting here saying who the fuck to vote for, and quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. Really, I don't. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care who you like. I don't give a fuck. Either way, whoever gets in that motherfucker, I'm gonna have to live my life. So really, if you wanna know about that part of it, I don't care. I don't. I really, really don't. What I am doing is my own social experiment to sit there and find out what it is or where people are mentally and psychologically when making their choices about the people who govern your life period. Who governs your life and how informed are you of that? It is just like this. If you have your child, your, your baby, six month old baby, right? Needs a lot of attention. And you're looking for a babysitter. Your family is not around. You need to hire a babysitter. What, the, what are you going to do for that babysitter? You want references. You want background reports. You want to, to see this person's employment history. You want to call the people this person has babysat before. Why? Because this is my six-month-old baby. I'm not going to leave my child with someone I am not fully informed on. And you're sitting here thinking that your government is not the same thing. That's the 10th house. It's Capricorn. They are your mama and daddy. The government is at, at the top of the chart. The government does rule your life. Everything that you do is based off of what government laws and policies are put out there. You move and maneuver based off of what they put out there, period. So you rule, that's daddy and mama up there. Whether we wanna believe that or not, our individuality wants to fight against that, we want to rebel, we don't like it, but you would rather be able to walk butt ass naked down the street when it's 114 degrees, but you can't, why? Exactly. Because mama and daddy say you can't. It's not allowed. Your government says you can't. So if these are people that are watching over you, the same kind of, I'm going to make sure that this person watching my child is doing this. Don't you want to know who's watching you? Who's your babysitter? 
Where are their references? And let me tell you this, if you were to sit there and go through a list with your babysitter to see how they could babysit your six month old child, if you saw one wrong fucking mark on her record, you'd be like, hell nah. Wait a minute, they said that you left in the middle of watching their child and, and, and didn't come back for 30 minutes. You're not gonna go, ah, well, the other side, they did I right, so you can watch my kid, right? But you don't treat your government like that. And they rule your life. You don't sit there and ask them. You, you literally let them get away with murder. And then you think it's gonna be better by giving your votes to the less murderer. Ah, this one kills with guns. Well, he kills only with knives. We'll go with the knife person. And you're adamant about it. And that's what concerns me. You feel for that shit. You ready to vote for that shit. You are 100 behind it. You are losing friends and family and people that you respect. Because the moment that they question your decision, you like, fuck that. I'm going for the 49ers. Excuse me, the president. What's the difference? Huh? Sports and, and the presidency and the election. What's the difference? You who riding for them like you do for a sports team? That's how you would treat your babysitters for your children? That's how you choose them? Which side of town they're from? Well, this babysitter is over here from the east side, and I like the east side. You're hired. This is where I get when I'm making certain posts politically, because one, I know what's gonna put a flame under the fire. I know for a fact if I say anything that questions what people's moral standings are because they're not conscious of them completely, it's going to create an entire argument. I got more arguments on that post about why they hate Trump versus why they value who they're voting for. That is a problem. That's not just a problem with dealing with politics. See how this shit trickles down in your life. How many times have you made decisions in your life when it comes to dating, when it comes to the jobs you're doing, when it comes to the friends you have, because you are not analyzing your values, you are dismissing certain shit you shouldn't, and you're getting riled up around the wrong shit. Bias? Yes. I'm biased against political ignorance. I'm biased against life ignorance. I'm biased against our own self-knowledge ignorance. I don't like that shit. I don't like to see it in other people. I will challenge you. You think I'm challenging you because I want to make you look stupid? No, I want you to question yourself. Is that my job or duty? It makes me feel good to do it. I think that giving people an open option to realize what they're dealing with, with full eyes open, for them to make better decisions in their own life, that's my goodness. That's what I do for, for good. Okay? I used to actually, people don't even know this, I used to go to juvenile halls and speak to young women. I have a certificate in rape prevention. I go to speak to them to show them the real realities of rape and domestic violence and how they can lower, how they can remove themselves from dangerous situations before they even occur. Everyone talks about the end game. They shouldn't do it at all. You fucking right, but this is the world. So they're going to be faced with certain things. So what do I give them as advice? How to prevent the shit for yourself, to value yourself and make conscientious decisions that put you in better places. This is no different. 
So when I have people coming at me thinking that one, I'm emotional about a presidential motherfucking candidate, like that's the last thing I need to be fucking emotional about, that I am sitting here trying to push opinions because I am asking questions that one, you should have been asking yourself. You should be asking yourself these questions. You should be running through like some of the national deficit. If you really understood how the national deficit worked, you would be asking other questions. You wouldn't be saying it's this president or this president because that national deficit been there before any of them. And why is it there? Do you know why we have it? What is the U.S. doing to have a national deficit? Where does it come from? If you haven't asked yourself these questions, when you're having a debate with someone and you say the national deficit, that's why he needs to go, you are uninformed. And you are just parroting what other people have said with no true understanding as to how it affects or what it means to you. Now, if the national deficit is something you are truly concerned about because you know how it is formed, what happens and what is going on, then you're going to be after a lot more people than just the president. And you're going to be more conscientious and knowledgeable, knowledgeable about what you're saying to other people. I had to do this, you know, because I think that text only does so much. You can only comment back and forth so much, you know. But my thing is, ask some questions. There are plenty of sites that give the shit away for free. It is not that much of a secret game. They hide the truth in plain fucking sight as to what they're doing, what they believe in, what their policies are, and what they're actually pushing. And that is what you should be looking at. You should be looking at what the fuck was signed and what the fuck was pushed through. Not what they said they were going to do and this didn't happen. How do you know? Did you go to see? Did you check the funding? Did you look at the policies? Did you see how long it was going to take? There are a lot of presidents who say that stuff is going to come out here. And if you look at the paperwork and the bills and acts that they pass, it's, it's over five or six or ten years before you ever get to see that shit. If you get to see that shit before another president comes in and says, never mind. But you don't know that. I want to get to a point where I am educating people about asking the right questions and asking more questions so that they understand this for themselves. Guess what? You won't get pissed off if somebody questions your moral standing. Why won't you get pissed off if your morals are balanced? Simple, right? Because you know your morals are balanced. There's nobody anybody could say either way. You'd be like, yeah, I've considered that. What you're talking about, I've looked at, I've considered, I know where I stand fully. You don't get upset. It's only when people present things to you that do this. Your morals are on a platform and all of a sudden they go, oh shit, this motherfucker's making my morals shake. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. Arano Torres says it completely. And also being ruled by Venus. Your morals are going to get shaken for the next eight years or so. I wouldn't be upset at the experience. I would be opening that shit. Because trust me, my morals have been shaken on a lot of shit. That I had to go back and be like, damn, I didn't even think about that. Now let me see here. I know somebody said they wanted to go live. I ain't finna let you be in my camera all night long now though. I'm at a loss with it. With all the fake BS out there, it's hard to know what's real and what's true when it comes to facts about Biden, about any of them. 
They are politicians, people. The first thing that needs to be dispelled between Venus being in fucking Virgo, opposing Neptune that's in fucking uh, Pisces, the first thing that needs to be dispelled is the fact that you are dealing with your fucking neighbor. Your politicians aren't your fucking neighbors or your friends or the person you grew up with around the corner. They don't operate on the same scale as the gas station clerk that you see every morning. They are not your co-workers at the job operating on the same scale as them or your boss. You have to look at them differently. They deal with the lives of millions of people and they are all responsible for millions of deaths. They are also all responsible for millions of, of diseases and health and wars and greed and corruption. They all have their hand in it. Just for example, you know, you, you, we already know the thing is, is that everybody's on Trump because that shit's exposed. We see where his corruption is. That shit gets a flashlight on as soon as he fucking does it. Before it even comes out of his mouth, corruption flashlight. So we see his shit. We know where his corruption is. But there are certain things like when Biden did the anti-busing and he was against that shit. And he actually said that the reason he didn't agree with some of the Southerners, but he needed to work with them. So, you know, I gotta give a little woo do a woo Politicians are doing that 24 fucking 7. They make a great bill, has everything that you could ever imagine inside of it. And the reason why it's so fucking big is because they make trade-offs with the statements inside. They will basically say, here goes the whole thing. Now, what do you want for this and that? It's like having a deck of cards. One of those bills and act is a long sheet of deck of cards and all they're doing is trading them back and forth. They all have morals that stand on one side or the other. Are you aware of that? I mean, you know, since we're talking about Biden, Biden had, he, he was uh, one of the people who rallied for women's rights. Loved it, right? But he was also the same person who wanted to get rid of and cut the mandate for uh, manda mandatory contraceptive care under the Affordable Health Care Act to make sure that women could get birth control. Right, so against fucking abortion, they wanted to get birth control. And he wanted to remove that out of there. Now, is that fighting for women's rights? No, but he's gotta do a little this. Do you see what I'm saying? So while you're sitting there going, yes for sure for this, and yes for sure for that, cause that's what I don't want, woo do a whoop, they're always doing this. They're always going back and forth. They're always cutting deals. They will always tell you what the fuck you wanna hear. So for you to be so upset about some shit you are uneducated on is fucking folly. It's foolish. It's goddamn ridiculous, really. I am not going to be sitting here arguing over shit if I don't have some sort of knowledge about it. That just makes me an idiot. That's just what it is. I don't know how else to say that. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Dion. Hey, Kava. Just seeing y'all there. So now that you know, kind of gave up my secret. I don't know if I'll be able to run any more social experience on my goddamn page anymore. <laughs> Though I might, because people are easily triggered. You know, we're, we're a pretty brittle society uh, nowadays. And um, we all want to save the world. <laughs> we want to save our world, our perception of it. That's really the fight for everyone. Everyone wants to save their perception of the world. And everybody's perception is different. Welcome to the Kali Yuga, it never happened. We'll never always get everything that we want. 
But since we know that, then we better know what we can and what we're willing to get and what we do and don't want at the same time. With Trump, all I hear is what you don't want. I don't hear what it is you do want. What policies do you really want? What kind of things do you want to see happen in your government? You personally, what do you want to see? And then start asking yourself, well, how can I get that? They, the presidency is two heads on a table with many legs underneath. Many, many legs. The same thing they're doing to Trump, how the Democrats are stopping him from all his policies, are the same things that the Republicans did to Obama when he was trying to put his policies, are the same things that they did when Bush was in office, are the same things that happened with Clinton. It's the same fucking thing, people. It's the same thing. And every time there was a president, there was a crisis. Every king has to have a war. It's the balances of fucking the cardinal signs themselves. You have Capricorn, the king must have a war. They must have disagreement. They must have something they overcome. They must have strife. There's no ruling over a peaceful land. First of all, you can't get money that way. We're not going to get heaven here like that. And I think this looking through rose-colored glasses by giving all of our faith in the people that we don't even know who they are. We're giving faith to babysitters we haven't checked on. We sit there and we look at the news and we think that's all there is. Like I was telling somebody in my comments, um, uh, Hazel, I believe, when I was telling her, I said, you know, do you read uh, Southern, po uh, Southern Poverty Law? Do you read the NCBI, that National um, Biotechnology Information Site? Do you read fucking congress.org? <laughs> you know, do you read your own city sites and their policy? They're all fucking listed there. Everything that they do, everything that they put through, every way that it's worded. And you can see for yourself what's actually going on. You can see that the people that squabble at each other eat dinner when the cameras are off with each other. They got us over here rallying like, and they know it too. You know where they get this idea from? The fucking Romans, the Colosseum, entertainment. They know that the people need to be entertained. It's the easiest way to keep them under control. So you guys are rude. You don't watch sports. You are watching one now. You either team Biden and Harris or you team Trump and, and what's that, the, the guy who never says anything, Pence, <laughs> the, the fly on the wall, right? Now they got y'all, they got y'all wearing t-shirts, <gasps> buying souvenirs, <gasps> wearing hats, oh my God, bumper stickers, oh, they sell this same shit at a sports event. The fuck does that have to do with politics? You see, you don't even see how you're being led. You don't even see how if you're sit, sit back and go, okay, that fucking show, shit show, it's not a part of my values. What are they really doing? Who riding? Like it's a football game. And every day, it's a new game. Everyone runs to Twitter to check the score. <laughs> Who's winning? Checking the polls. The polls. Fuck the polls. Everyone's turning up, oh, who's got the lead in the poll? When we know that doesn't mean shit, same thing, people. Every four years, it's the same thing. The polls. Fuck out of here. They said Hillary was winning. 
<laughs> Last time we checked the polls. But you see how they play the games? That's the scoreboard. That's to show who scored a touchdown in this state. You don't understand that. They're playing a game on you. And you're getting really emotionally riled about it. Instead of asking yourself pertinent questions. Because while these motherfuckers are playing games, they're ruling your life. That's what's serious. And you think it only starts with the president. That they could do this and they can do that. When they have, what is it? 438 other individuals plus the fucking Senate. Another 100 with the House of Representatives in the Senate. You got 500 motherfuckers making their own decisions. Writing the laws. Another thing people don't know. Presidents don't write laws. They sign them. Your representatives write the laws. Okay? So when you get mad at a policy going across the desk of a fucking president, you need to find out who wrote it. There goes your culprit. Motherfucker, how dare you write this policy that put this in here? Find out who wrote the fucker that made it all the way up there to even be signed in the first place. It wouldn't have existed without this representative typing this shit up in the first place. You'll know that, huh? I know a lot of people don't know that. You think it's just the president. You don't write laws. Your representatives do. Also, there is a difference between federal and state laws. Why do you think states can decide to do what they want to do regardless of what the federal government says? And the president's over the federal government, okay? It's up to the states to comply if they choose to. How do we know this to be true? Because California sells weed and so does fucking Colorado and it is still federally illegal. They're not following federal laws. Mm. You see that? So even if your president were to sign this in or to do this for you, it's up to your states to say, okay, we agree too. Because if they don't, you ain't getting it, no matter what the president says. And if you really, really, really want it, you're going to have to go to court. And that means you're going to have to get appealed. And you're going to have to appeal yourself all the way to the Supreme Court. You want to do that, though. That's not what you want to do, huh? That's a lot of work. I agree. <sighs> Fuck out of here. How many times you have to get dismissed and how long you have to wait just to get to the Supreme Court. But if you truly are this hoorah about how you are about your president, then you'll do it. You'll really in, put in real change. On that ballot, if you knew who you were voting for, you could mix up the whole political party. You could be choosing this Republican because his shit is better than this Democrat. You could be choosing this Fuck it, there's an independent. This Green Party motherfucker knows what he's talking about. He aligns with my values. You would have an entire ballot sheet with all different people that align with you if you educated yourself. No, you want to argue with me. About how I'm shoving shit down people's mouths or how I'm a, a troll and all this other shit. That's what you want to do. And I give you, I give you the fucking advice. I give you the fucking, uh, the, the way to do it. I've done it myself dealing with courts and laws. I've handwritten my own shit. When, I remember when I went to jail on a suspended license. Do you know why they let me out four days earlier? Because I asked to see the law library. They didn't want that shit. Why didn't they want me to have access to the law library? Why would they just go ahead and be like, uh, I had to do two weeks for a suspended license. They let me out four days early. When they let me out, it was the day after I had requested to go to the law library. Why would they do that? I'm in country Georgia, by the way, right? 
Why would they let me out four days early just because I requested information? I can't go around spreading that shit. Because while I was in there, all the women were coming up and bringing me their discovery packets and saying, what is this and what is that? And here I am going through the list like, uh-uh, you need to look at that. That ain't even right. They, that doesn't even make any sense. They let me the fuck out. Uh-uh, you ain't finna get all of us out. <laughs> I just wanted to see some books, sir. <laughs> so if you know that they even do that, there's this corruption that that purposely dumbs you down. Having that knowledge first, know that you are stupid. Dog had already offended. Somebody's morals just went like this. Know first that you are ignorant. Know that you don't know. Because half of what I just said right now, I guarantee most of you don't know. So now that you understand that shit, know that you don't know. Be more cautious about what you're throwing out there and what you think you're rallying for. You know one of my greatest fears? I'm gonna give y'all one of my greatest fears. It's my Pisces thing. It's my fucking Venus and Pisces. We say it's exalted, you know, but um, it's one of my fears. One of my fears is supporting something I had no business supporting in the first place. I have that fear all the time. I don't want to, because of my sympathies, my empathies, and my emotions, vibe for someone and have a poor sense of judgment. I can't stand that within myself. I work very hard to avoid that. I have been the person to rally behind someone and come to find out this motherfucker beats women, abandons them on fucking streets and shit after crashing cars, and I'm just going, oh my God how much energy I expended into this individual that does not align with my morals. That shit fucked me up. And I've done that more than once. Growing up, all the time making that mistake. Motherfucking just believing in someone I had no business believing in. And then defending them before I had all the information and the facts. Ooh, how stupid it made me feel. But how shitty it made me look. Cause then it makes me seem like I'm just, I rally for all that shit. I cannot conscientiously support any politician vibing for the presidency. Not on a moral basis could I ever do that. Because I know what they are responsible for and it is a hard position to avoid than being able to do. They cannot avoid murder. They cannot avoid corruption. They cannot avoid greed. They cannot avoid war. You become president, you are getting your hands bloody. So me, as a decent human being, I cannot vibe for that. Though I understand that that is their position and their job, some of that shit is unnecessary. Some of it is purely behind greed and corruption or lobbyists who say, well, we want this shit, so make it happen. And then they do it for a paycheck. So it is very difficult for me to sit there and say that I'm going to team play, put on a t-shirt for one side or the other when I know what they're responsible for. And that is the thing. We come to this point where they say, oh, well, that's different. This is not different. Understand that shit. It is not different. It is not different to say, I don't support these motherfuckers because they're into murder and doing the same thing for people who are actually involved in murder. It's not different. They're both doing it. It's the same thing. Like, I, I don't even know how to make that clear. We are giving passes to people we would not give a pass to in our own fucking neighborhoods. If that's the case, I don't want to hear nobody complain about no gangs. Because they, they run a government. They got lieutenants. They run an army. They run a little militia. 
They all do it to make sure they got money and they people in their gang is straight. And they kill and some of them go off the course and they rape and they murder. They rob. But it's okay. Because of Nipsey Hussle. May you rest in peace. Pardon to drop that name, but that is just to show an example. How we give passes to things. How even morally we're not even solid. Because we don't know what we fucking believe in. We don't know what side we really are truly for. Because when it comes to just some fucking stranger who beats a baby's face in, that is fucking terrible. But when it comes to a president who drops 60,000 bombs on innocent children and women, that's just the fruits of war. How is it different? They're both dead. They're both children. They were both killed by human beings. See how the disconnect? When you're rallying behind shit and you have a disconnect with reality. Because on one hand you believe this, but when it comes to this person you don't. And then you sit there and you tell people and you make posts about it and memes and stuff about how you different. And you're not. How you better. I don't go for that shit, but you support the shit. First is realize you're ignorant. Realize you don't know. You'll be more cautious about your decisions and what you pipe up to speak about. It's a work in progress. I'm not saying that I have it all. I have moments where I have to go back and check. Do I really want to support that shit? Because I'm not sure. The only reason that people even found out, for example, that some of the charities were taking fucking advantage of the money that people were donating is because somebody asked the question, where is this money going to? I want to know how my money is spent. Then a whole bunch of people came together and said, hey, we want to know the same thing. That's the only reason your ass even knows that charities were taking advantage of people. That the Red Cross and all that was just taking money and, and spending it. CEOs getting a million dollars in salary and shit for a nonprofit. Because people are asking questions. You can be one of those people. This is why I'm not even saying this. Either it's going to piss you off and you're going to go back to putting on your t-shirt and, and waving your flag and rooting for your football team. Excuse me, president. Or you're going to start asking questions about who's governing you. You want to change in policies and politics, find out who's governing you. Your mayors can do whatever the fuck they want and not even listen to the fucking governors. Did you know that? They have their own set of laws and policies that they enforce. Are you aware of that? So even though your president says you're supposed to get this, your fucking governors, your representatives, your fucking mayors, your fucking sheriffs can say hell no, nah, and you won't get it. Because when you go to vote, you only vote for the president. You don't vote for the people who are governing your city. So when you have your president in and now you're you popping your champagne and you're happy as fuck, the people who were against him are still fucking governing you. So, you know, I said it would be hard pressed to have a debate with me about our ignorance. Because if there's one thing I'm educated in, it's ignorance. <laughs> it is ignorance. I'm educated in ignorance. I know what it's like to be dumb as fuck, okay? Make wrong decisions. My wrong decisions let a metal plate in my jaw. It's there for the rest of my fucking life. I will constantly be reminded of dumb decisions, of dumb things I have done. That lets me know that every step I take is a step into ignorance that I must dissolve. 
figure it out some kind of way. Do the best I can to improve myself. Do you know the best way to learn? Y'all not gonna like this either. Cause I guarantee we're gonna see people have unfollowed me. One, cause they either believe that I'm voting for Trump fucking idiots. Or two, they got so riled up with the fucking questioning that I had to do, they could just, just shut their fucking morals, right? So I'm gonna tell you this. You know the best way to learn some shit that you're ignorant about is to listen to people you don't like. I'm dead ass serious. Do you know how hard that shit is? I fucking do that shit every goddamn day. I actually search for people I don't like and I listen to their point of view. I don't like, I look for the opposite of what I believe in. Oh God, to sit through it is, I'd rather stab my tongue and put lemon and salt in it really. That shit is horrid. It's a hard thing to do, to listen to people you don't like. And guess what I learned? I learned I didn't know a lot. <laughs> I ended up being like, oh shit, I hadn't even heard that side of it before. Let me look that up. What is that contingency upon? What did he say? Watch people you don't like. Watch people that piss you off. They're trying to share something from their side of their experience and you don't like it. You're either afraid of it or you will want to stay so solid in what you believe in. You refuse to have it broken. There is no growth in that. You can never claim that you are a person about growing and learning if you think it's easy. Learning and growing ain't fucking easy. It hurts. It's painful. It's shattering. If you are afraid to grow, means you are afraid to face your opposition so that you can find your balance. Because even if you look at a zodiac, even if you look at the wheel and you see I'm this sign and there's oppositions all the way around that motherfucker. You need all of them. And you won't like everything over here, but you need them bastards. And growth is going after the shit that hurts, the shit that's painful. You don't grow till you realize in yourself what's missing. You don't grow until you realize what's in your mind that's missing. Because you will stay a stagnant, stuck-ass plant if you're not feeding yourself with something new. If you're not, you think it's the same rainwater for plants? You think that's how they grow? You think that when it rains, it's the same water from yesterday? Huh? It's different water. It's new rain. It's new weather. Okay? You don't grow from the same water. So if you get upset because you might learn something, you're not ready to grow. So don't claim it. Say, I'm ready to stay stuck here because I am afraid to face things that are going to force me to evolve. Let me see some of these comments. I know that I've just been, whoo, you know, you know when it come in, boy. When I get the inspiration from the divine, my Mars is in Pisces. It start getting hot in this bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. This is how you grow, uh, India. You literally have to. This is how you grow. People forget that because social media pads and projects us. Oh, no, protects us with people that are just like us. Yeah. Yeah, the comedy. You know what? That brings up a point. You ever seen True Blood before? I don't know if anybody's ever watched this show. But there was an episode in there where um, one of the vampires said that a part of their community, one of the things they are not allowed to do is to live together as vampires. 
because when they lived together, they would uh, have hive mentality and they would become ferocious. If one decided they wanted to go start eating people the old way, because in true blood they started, you know, drinking from donations and shit. If they wanted to go back and drink blood the old way by just killing hordes of people, then the whole fucking community of vampires put together would thrive off of that. So in this show, Vampires were to live solo, maybe one or two or three, because the more of them that grouped together, the hive mentality took over. So that that bringing up that point that on social media, we befriend people that think like us, so we're never challenged. You know, I, I thought that I wanted to do that, and I tried that one year, this whole, I'm breaking away from the toxicity. <laughs> I'm gonna cut off everything, I don't wanna see nothing bad. What a coward move that was for me coward. I was afraid to face or didn't want to or couldn't handle seeing somebody oppose my idea. So cowardly, I ran away from it and blocked it instead of deciding for myself, why don't I like this shit? And what is it about it? And maybe I need to investigate it more. Because when you don't care about other people's opinions, you aren't triggered. You're only triggered when it shakes something in you. How are you shaking? Why are you that, that fucking vibration, that Aranos and Taurus? If you get shaken like that, that means you need to be enlightened. Aranos is enlightenment, as well as breaking apart and crashing. Values, Taurus. You see? You are supposed to be shaken and riled up right now. And find the things that you don't like and discover why, really. Because, like I said, you don't like murder. Yet you give votes to people who murder. Don't make sense to me. You support people who do this. It don't make sense to me. You hate greed, but they're greedy and you support that. It don't make sense to me. It don't even make sense to you because when it's challenged, you don't know how to defend it. You can't stand your square. You start calling names or assuming people's dispositions, right? So you can't stand your square. I can do this all day because I know what I do for myself. I also know I'm in a learning, I'm in a learning progress, a trail. So I take my time. I ask questions. Only question I got was, who are you voting for? You voting for Trump? Nobody asked me my personal opinion about what I thought about politics. What a fucking love. Terrible. I didn't even get to answer it. I would have. I did. I had to on my own. There was no debate. People just wanted to prove they were right. I asked questions. Did anybody ask me one other than that? No, not at all. It's a social experiment. And like I said, the only way that you're going to know where you're lacking is if someone shows you a mirror. I get that mirror shown to me all the time, okay? The problem is, is that people think that I'm in this, in this attitude, like I'm better than anybody. The fuck? Nigga, if you had any idea what the hell I've been through in my life, okay? I'm surprised I'm alive. I've asked myself this question, how did I live through this? I don't come from a state of being like, I think I'm better than people. The fuck? I'm a mother. I'm trying to better people. You see the difference? Because I know I'm bettering myself. This is my, this is my way of showing thanks. Because y'all make me grow. I see things, everyone posts, there are things I don't agree with. 
some things I warrant a conversation with, other things I scroll by, make a mental note to come back and, and analyze that thought for a moment. Okay? I don't agree with all y'all. I would never fucking block any of you. I, like I said, I made that mistake once. I am not afraid of confrontation. I used to be. It's really what it is. It's more comforting. Like, uh, who said that? I just read that. It's more comforting. Yeah, Janae, Aranos and Taurus is pushing people out of their comfort zones. And that's the thing. People are comforted right now. They want to be comfortable. They can't even see the good side of things that happen. I'm going to tell you, you really get into astrology. I'm going to tell you what you get from it, really. People don't want to hear this either. They don't know this. They'll study it long enough to get to this point. You become apathetic. That is the end result to astrology. You want to know what kind of feeling you get? You think it's bliss and all awakening. You understand things. You get apathetic. Because you start seeing how everything's connected and how it's all necessary. And then it becomes difficult. That awareness is a Ranos. It's weird. It's the things that people are repulsed by. It's the things, it's separation. It's alienation. You get to a certain mental capacity where you're alienated from the rest of the social group. Because the rest of the social group is still vying for this and vying for this. And you are having a hard time trying to tell them, it's kind of how this works. It's kind of how this works. You know, you become aware of that within yourself feel a lot better about how life is it won't be so bad it won't be so traumatic you won't be sitting here throwing up flyers at your favorite football presidential debate if you're really concerned if it's your destiny right about how to change things then I've told you how to do it you start at your local government not your president that's the top of the house the fuck you can't get there. Even in spirituality, they tell you you gotta go through angels and jinn and all that other shit for you to reach the source. We have Jesus, we can cut right through it. <laughs> He's the line. No, man, you gotta start at the bottom. So there goes the solution. Then that's that that's part of my problem after and after this, right? If I sit here and tell you, go to your local government, write letters to your local government, make sure you're voting for the sheriff that you want, the mayor that you want, make sure you're informing other people about what they're doing and all this other stuff, and you create your community so that you're all well informed. And I'm telling you that that's how you do that. And then go ahead and make your appeals. Be ready for a fight, get funding. You're gonna have to write a lot. You're gonna have to talk a lot, and you're gonna have to meet with a lot of people. But if you're ready to make some real change and you want this shit to happen that's how you're gonna have to do it so when you don't do it and you're still complaining I don't really have no motherfucking sympathy for you I don't care because I told you how to do it how did I learn how to do this I fucking went and looked okay you sit there and you think that all these companies are getting away with shit they're using the same funding and laws that are available to you did you know that huh did you know that when you're sitting there saying that the government is supposed to give money to communities, they don't do that. They do not give money to communities. It's a capitalist country. The fuck they do that? We need tax write-offs here. So they give them to corporations and nonprofit organizations. So the money that you're expecting for your fucking, we're supposed to get money. They're supposed to give it to the community. They do. And they did. They give it to your HBCUs. They give it to all of the nonprofit organizations for minorities and women only. They give it to um, your, your local charities. 
They give all that money to them because they're not just going to personally hand it to you or send you a check. Even the check we got had to go through the IRS and another facility in order to get to us, right? So all the funding and money that they do, they give it to nonprofit organizations and other organizations and corporations. They leave it up to you to go take your ass down there to the offices, go online on the websites and call and talk to people so that you can get your name on the list and get a check. I sat there and watched a video of a man in Chicago when it came to the whole, um, uh, the pandemic and he said he didn't get any money for his shop. When they asked him, why? Why didn't you get any money? We're thinking that me in my mind, oh, they must have gypped him. They didn't send out his check. He said, I didn't fill out the paperwork because it was too hard. This was on the news, NBC, in Chicago, about a man who had a fucking uh, uh, butcher, not a butcher shop, barber shop. I didn't get the money because the paperwork was too hard and I didn't know how to fill it out. Unfucking believable my people. The ignorance is, is amazing. I had someone tell me that they were filling out the paperwork for their community because they didn't know how to do it, so they were bringing it to her, and she was able to do it for them. She understood how it worked. How smart of those people to find somebody to help them with that paperwork so they could get their fucking check. How smart of them to even put in the information and find out what was there and talk to the necessary person so that they could get their money. How unsmart of the man who knows that they're giving away their money, but he doesn't want to fill out the paperwork because it's too hard, but neither does he want to find somebody to help him. But on the news, we hear how he's not getting his money. He didn't get it because he didn't fill out the paperwork. He didn't get it because he said it was too hard. He owns a business. I filled out that paperwork, okay? It was easy. There was actually just one sheet. It was one sheet! And it asks basic questions that you as a business owner should know. How much money did you make? How much money did you spend? There was nothing difficult about that paperwork whatsoever. But what do we hear on the news? It's too hard for them. It's hard for everybody. And people are just sitting there going, damn, I was going to go do it. But they saying it's too hard to do. So I ain't going to do it. And then they run and tell other people, man, fuck that motherfucker. They made that shit too motherfucking hard. Ain't nobody getting that money. And then the other person goes, damn, that shit is too hard. Shit, I ain't going to do it. And they go and tell another five people, yeah, fuck that nigga. He put that shit, that policy. Ain't no Nobody got that money but the corporations. Ain't nobody did that shit. And then it just keeps going and the next thing you know someone's parroting that bullshit. While I'm sitting there holding my check from the same paperwork looking like what the fuck are they talking about? I ain't talked to anybody. I didn't see anybody. I filled out an online thing and I'm going shit. That's not true. You guys can go get it. You want to know how I know as well? There's $328 billion left over from unclaimed business loans when they were giving out that money. So guess what? Trump said, let's go ahead and give everybody that money. And the Democrats said, fuck no. I don't know the reasons why, but I'm just saying that there's $328 billion sitting there from people who did not go and claim the money. Why? Because somebody told them it was too hard. While me and six other people I know sitting there with our business checks going, what are they talking about? My goodness, I don't know how much more I could do. You know, I, I, maybe I should do this along with, this should be part of my goddamn podcast and shit, but I do. If you listen to my podcast, I have been talking about 
government, and I have been talking about people being more involved and, and getting more knowledge. I have been saying North Node and Gemini means gather information, not South Node and fucking Sagittarius publishing shit. Yeah, India, there has to be one mind that does the work. Dion, to know the system which you live in in order to enable yourself to make change and evolve. Lewis cause and effect. Uh, that's all it comes down to. People don't want to do the work. You know what? A lot of it is that people don't want to do the work and they believe this fairy tale that our president is supposed to save us or something. I don't even know where we got that idea from. When has that ever happened in the history of presidency? Ever. 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 Every year, hoping and waiting and wishing and all that extra shit and hoping for what? And like I said, it's hidden in plain sight, everything that you want. Look at the man in Texas. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who knows about this one. This one went around for a while. White people was mad as hell. He, he ended up going down to, um, what, the clerk's office or something like that, the state secretary, and he found out that uh, he could get a house for $16, and it was like a $400,000 home, but he found the paperwork, and he went and filled it out and got a $400,000 home for $16. A black man here in America went and did that shit and the law could do nothing he got that house just as he was supposed to because he went out there and did the work his neighbors was mad as hell he should pay the same amount as us why? because he was smarter than you <laughs> see you know how many times I snap my fingers when I go fuck I should have did that I wasn't smart enough I can admit that to myself I can say damn I didn't think of that ah, I was ignorant damn I didn't know that ah fuck I missed out on that one. I should have known better. Should have did my research. Should have checked into it. I hear shit from people. I I follow a guy right now. I bet he's on here somewhere. <laughs> if he's in live, I don't know. I'm talking about you, Ross Suketotuz, whatever his name is. Oh, my God. Ah, that nigga. Oh, you be posting shit that be having me. Gotta be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> And I go on there, and I, he's still a friend on my Facebook. He says some things that are challenging. He, he makes me think about things I hadn't considered, the other side of the story. You also see the hypocrisy in what he posts and what I believe. That shit right there, ooh, you see, and every time I've gotten to the point where I just wanted to be like, why do I even follow this nigga? This motherfucker posting that black women wearing blonde hair, and why don't we even follow this nigga, right? <laughs> Button be this, finger be this close to the unfollow. I'd be like, I'm gonna press it today. Nah. Cause sometimes he says some shit I need, I need to think about. Doesn't bother me. It gets me excited. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, if anybody could pull out a controversy, that motherfucker can, boy. Ooh, I just put his page on blast. He known for it too, jeez. Me and him have been going back and forth for years. <laughs> and he does not relent. That's good practice. That's how I look at it. He gives me good fucking practice. He was actually the one that got me to jump into even reading NCBI because I wanted so badly to disprove what he was saying, you know? And I, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the information to be able to do it. I just knew somewhere that that shit couldn't be right, right? Mark, that shit couldn't be right. But then when I actually went and did it, that sparked me to go look. So I looked and I'm sitting there going, oh shit, he's part right, but it's this too. 
what else is it? <laughs> I kept going. I'm like, oh shit. First, let me slap this link on this comment. Bow, nigga, come back after that. <laughs> and let me keep going. You know, the debate for me is fun. It's in my fifth house, y'all. I, I have Venus and Mars in my fifth house. This shit is exciting for me. It squares my Uranus. It forces me to learn. You know, forces me to go out there. Oh, my goodness. People get mad at like raw, raw, cool, cosmophysics for those that don't know. Oh, my Lord. Oh, no. Oh, oh. That motherfucker right there have you on a debate. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be sitting there sitting I'll be ready to pull my hair out and, but man that he's 50, 50 years of knowledge you, you know so it's hard it's hard to debate with it and I just kept telling myself I want to be that good I want to be able to stand my ground that good you know and, and then at the same time still say I don't know if I don't know something I don't know I never consider that I gotta think about that you said alright let me add this fucker what's his name <laughs> oh you ready Cause he's gonna piss you off. It, it's uh, what is it? R-A-A-S-U-K-E-T-H, I believe. I have to look. He gonna piss you off. He pissed me off. Boy, I'll be going back and forth. But guess what? I respect him. He has never once, no matter what I said, either unfollowed me or blocked me either. You know what I'm saying? So on that end, uh, you know, like there was another guy that was the same way. It was Sam Neal. Yeah, I'm name dropping. I don't give a fuck. What? Facebook. Um he blocked me. I really enjoyed our debates, but I, I i guess I touched a nerve and that was too much for him and I was like, fuck, there goes my spark. <laughs> it was one of my sparks, you know. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, that's, no, it's R-A-A-S-U-T-E-K-H. I know he gonna sit there and be like, bitch, you talking about me on the internet? Oh my god, he be saying some things that be pissing me off. Oh, it's a challenge though. I'm telling you that's how you grow. You know, find people who challenge your moral perspective. I mean, some things are an absolute, right? You don't like people killing babies and shit. Well, then you might need to do a little bit more research into the people you support. And it's hard. That's the issue. Because we give our money to corporations, but we don't know what these motherfuckers are doing with that money. You know, we hear they take trips to Thailand and, and the Philippines and, and fucking Dubai and all this other shit. We know they do that, right? We don't know what they do with our money. So we know that corruption and stuff exists and we're funding them. You ever watch The Good Place? Another example. Love that show. Love it. Challenges. Oh, spirituality. The Good Place. It's an awesome, awesome psychological comedy uh, show. And um, there was one scene in there where they couldn't, nobody went into heaven for like 500 years or some shit like that. Nobody's been to heaven. Everybody was getting sent to hell. So they thought that there was some kind of, you know, somebody's cheating or there's some kind of, you know, miscalculation or whatever the case is going and all this other stuff. And then it came down when the accountant told him, said, nope, everybody's going to hell. <laughs> because back 500 years ago, you knew where you got your apple from. If it was your neighbor and he grew apples, you knew him, you grew up with him, you were able to get an apple from him and buy it. The roses you got for your wife, you knew where they were growing, you knew the person, you were able to get those roses and bring them back. So you knew who not to fuck with and who to fuck with. Well, in the age of corporations and social media and this whole worldwide conglomerate and this world economy, we don't know where we're sending our money to. We don't know who's getting it. We don't know what kind of sycophant, sick fuck, the baby killer is using our money that we used to buy cookies with. Ah, okay. So I understand it's very difficult. Make an effort though. 
That's the, that's the most that I can say about it. It's make an effort. You know, start with the small shit. Start with the shit that governs your life. Work your way up. You'll figure out a solution if you know where your morals stand. When you're so concerned about how can this be fixed, what can I do? If you learn to understand who you are, those problems can start to get solved. I remember when Saturn first got into Capricorn, right? I went on a mental blank, whole brain. Like this. I couldn't move. I couldn't think. I didn't know what direction I was going in. I was all like, everything I think about my life is so wrong. It was terrible. I could not get my footing for shit. I had to start small, and it started with dissecting what I thought about myself. You know, I always wanted to be this. Is this true? I always wanted to do this. Is this true? Is this true about me? I can fix this little bit. Let's start with here. And slowly but surely through this Saturn transit, life has been getting better. Because I took the time to analyze what I was going through and who I am, and I do it every day. Growth never stops. You will never get to a point in your life where you know everything, and you will never get to a point in your life where you will be completely satisfied with where you are. If that were true, then everybody who dies still wouldn't have regrets, and we all have regrets when they're going away. I wish I did this, 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 and this. This is not enough time. And you're never gonna be able to do it all. The fact that you're doing it is the effort. You should be doing that. Learn who's governing you. Learn who you are. Self-knowledge, gather as much information as you can. The less and less triggers you'll be, the more apathetic you may become, but the greater understanding that you'll have for things. So when you're having a debate with someone, you won't assume that they're pissed off and they may just be having a little bit of fun. <laughs> Cause I certainly was having some fun. Oh my goodness. Make sure you check out Marie Russo on The Egoist Podcast. You can visit her at www.theegoist.m, as in Mary E. Like Elephant. Or you can follow her on social media and Instagram at Marie Russo, M-A-R-I-3-R-O-U-S-S-3-A-U. Her blog can be found on IamMarieRusso.com, and you can visit her on Facebook at Facebook.com slash IamMarieRusso.